there's a lot of hype going around on AI right now. It could mean different things for different companies, different personas. It's very important for us to have an AI vision, which basically says, this is what AI means for me. This is what I want to do with AI. This is the kind of value that I want to create with AI. And then sort of distill it down to a strategy and then a roadmap of AI use cases, which is sequenced, which is qualified, and which is aligned to your business strategy. Welcome to the Unleashing AI podcast, hosted by Pavel Fakanov. Join us as we speak with industry experts and explore the wonders of innovative, custom-built AI and how it can help grow your business, whilst also delving into the latest developments in the fields of machine learning and artificial intelligence. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Unleashing AI podcast. I'm your host, Pavel Fakanov, and joining me today is Aditya Shankar, the chief AI strategist at DataRobot. Aditya is an artificial intelligence management consulting professional specializing in solving business problems using artificial intelligence, machine learning, and cutting-edge digital technologies. He is also passionate about education, having taught at the National University of Singapore on subjects such as computational intelligence, natural language processing, and advanced analytics. Aditya, welcome to the podcast. Super excited about having you today. My pleasure, Pavel. The honor is mine. Happy to be able to speak with you today. Amazing. Yeah, if you don't mind, can you just maybe provide more detailed, let's say, introduction of yourself? Tell us about your background, your relationship with AI, all of that. Yeah, sure. I mean, I've always been in the data space, so 15 years in the space now. I came to Singapore in about 2013, after which I had the good fortune of being offered a lectureship at the National University of Singapore, where I was teaching things like computational intelligence, as you mentioned, natural language processing, machine translation, and so on and so forth. I mean, it all has now come under the umbrella of artificial intelligence, right? But back in the day, it was sort of treated as separate fields. So we were doing research, we were doing teaching, we were doing consulting, all under different subject areas. But now what has happened over the last couple of years, it's all sort of convalesced into one umbrella of artificial intelligence, which is great, right? If you have cross-functional skills, you can apply it and you can sort of make use of those interactions within the fields once it's all convalesced into one. After full-time teaching, I actually went on and did some management consulting work. I worked for consulting companies like Boston Consulting Group and PwC, where I co-founded and founded advanced analytics teams, ran large-scale artificial intelligence and AI-based digital transformation projects for banks, for manufacturing companies, even for mining organizations and industrial goods companies, which was fantastic. I mean, those companies are sitting on treasure troves of data and are on the cusp of a massive transformation, which is great and very exciting to sort of see. And then I joined Data Robot about three and a half years ago. And Data Robot is obviously a very, very interesting company. It just sort of created this category called Automated Machine Learning back in 2013 and has sort of been the bellwether in the enterprise AI space, both, both in model development and model deployment. Yeah, and here in Data Robot for the past three and a half years, extremely exciting times. I've got a unique ringside view of the developments in the AI space, which has been rather exhilarating over the last three or four months, right? I mean, GPT 3.5, for example, was launched in November 2022. And by Jan 2023, you had 100 million users of ChatGPT, right? And then by February 2023, ChatGPT Plus was released and you already had a billion users. It's probably beating pace at which TikTok, Instagram and Facebook were adopted. So we're definitely seeing something really special and interesting to be in the AI space. So yeah, that's a bit of my background. Very exciting to be here. 
and looking forward to having this conversation with you, mate. Yeah, likewise, likewise. Uh, really amazing background. And I'm pretty confident we're going to have really interesting conversation today. Before we actually continue, if you can explain a little bit what you're doing basically data robot, what's your role, how you're helping companies. So we just get a little bit better understanding. Yeah, so data robot, I am the regional director for professional services and customer success across APAC. So I'm very interested in making sure that the clients, my largest and most strategic companies, are using our software to the best of its capabilities. So that would mean that I want to make sure that they have a healthy roadmap for AI, which sort of borrows itself from the strategy. And it's sort of sequenced in terms of impact and feasibility. And we are very focused on what we call as value-driven AI, right? So we are not doing an academic exercise here. We want to be tackling those use cases which have real tangible ROI attached to the end of it. And they create real business value. So we want to make sure that the AI roadmap of use cases is real, it's practicable, it's feasible, and it's impactful. And then we want to make sure that the clients are enabled. We have an enabled AI-ready organization, which we hope then that they use Data Robot to execute on that roadmap, right? So that's how we make our customers successful. Once our customers have received the tangible ROI from AI, then our job becomes easier, right? So we, we accelerate a customer's path to value from AI via Data Robot, and then we take a back seat and they can continue doing that themselves. I'm supported in this quest by a team of extremely talented data scientists, uh, AI architects, AI strategists, and customer success managers. So of course, I can't do this alone. So the team is extraordinary, and we have many such examples of highly successful customers. But the views that I'm presenting today are purely my own. During the conversation, if something comes up, I will be presenting my views. And of course, ably supported by the company and the people, but happy to share my views. Obviously, and I think because of the role you're taking right now, we're going to have a really interesting conversation today around why from, let's say, AI services, from implementing AI, and also about creating the right strategy for AI implementation and what kind of mistakes you actually can make once you actually start implementing AI. So maybe just to start with, let's say I'm a startup or let's say I'm an enterprise company and I understand, okay, there is so much hype around AI. There is so much value AI actually can bring. What should be my first steps before implementing AI in my business strategy? I think what you really want to be doing is you want to define what AI means for you. So I believe that every organization is AI ready. And it's incumbent upon the organization and the vendors that are supporting this organization to discover what kind of AI an organization is ready for. You could call it AI readiness. It's a multidimensional framework. I think most companies get this wrong. AI is not just about the model or just about the use case or just about the idea. It's all of it together at once. It's a bit like the movie, everything, everywhere, all at once. So it's a multidimensional field. The model or the data is just one part of it. You have the business strategy, you have the people, you have the processes, you have the organizational structure in itself, you have the tech stack and so on. And given that AI is such a multidimensional field, it is very important for every organization to discover where they are on that multidimensional AI readiness journey. So do a bit of baselining, try to understand where you are currently, and then define what AI really means for you. I think that is very, very important. What do you really mean by AI? What, because there's a lot of hype going around on AI right now. It could mean different things for different companies, different personas, and so on. 
it's very important for us to have an AI vision, which basically says, this is what AI means for me. This is what I want to do with AI. This is the kind of value that I want to create with AI. And then sort of distill it down to a strategy and then a roadmap of AI use cases, which is sequenced, which is qualified, and which is aligned to your business strategy. I think that's something which is very, very critical. Alignment of AI use cases to your business strategy is very, very important. I would give you an example, right? If there is a bank who wants to increase its financial inclusion net, so it wants to sell as many unsecured loan products to as many people as possible. Now, if it does that, then it also is exposing itself to unknown risk. You know, it's non-performing assets could increase because it doesn't really have enough mechanisms to control selling it to undesired customers. So you have to have AI use cases supporting two things. One is rapid acquisition of customers. Second is rapid qualification of risk. That's an example of how your AI use cases could be aligned to your business strategy. But once you have such a roadmap, what you then want to do is to have an AI-enabled organization. You need to have a multi-tiered AI enablement strategy in place. Your senior execs need to understand what it means to spot an AI solution, to sponsor an AI solution, and to understand how to track ROI from that AI program. Your middle management wants to know how to run an AI program, and your grassroots needs to understand how to execute an AI program. And then, of course, you need technology in place. You need a technology which supports rapid experimentation so that you can fail fast and succeed quicker. You need to have DevOps pipelines in place and machine learning operations in place, the right tech stack in place, and some fundamental data plumbing in place in order for you to sort of go ahead and take true value of AI. So in summary, right, AI is a multidimensional field. Every organization is AI ready. It's up to the organization to define what AI really means for them and which stage of the AI readiness they are, and then translate into a roadmap of AI use cases and make sure that the organization is capable enough to deliver on those use cases, which are hopefully aligned to the business strategy. Definitely. It's a really good point about understanding that AI is actually multidimensional because maybe some companies that have never implemented AI in their organizations don't really understand that AI is multidimensional and you need a lot of things done right to actually start implementing AI. Again, as you mentioned, it can include the data. It can include basic alignment of your executive team. It includes understanding of your long-term goals. It includes prioritizing what you should work on short-term and, let's say, shortlisting the opportunities that are going to bring the highest ROI, measuring the ROI, because it's also a huge problem, and we're going to touch on that a little bit later. How do you actually measure ROI? How do you understand, is it profitable? Is it not profitable? Because with AI, it's not really easy all the time. And after that, just having infrastructure in place to actually deploy AI solutions. DevOps, as you mentioned, hiring, let's say, AI engineers, like all of that can be really complex. Yeah, absolutely. And I would like to chat a little bit more about ROI from AI implementation. Let's say I'm going to implement AI in my organization. How can I measure the ROI? Because you have helped many companies implement AI, and I'm pretty confident every company is going to ask this question. Okay, I'm doing, let's say, investing a lot of money. What am I getting? What's the return on my investment? Yeah, I think this is very, very important, very critical to do, right? It is also very, very difficult. Attribution of ROI to AI use cases is very, very difficult because it's not something which cannot be contested, right? I mean, if you have a highly qualified 
risk model, which is predicting probabilities of default, and you did really well in your default, in your exposure at default or your loss rates, did that happen because of the model or did it just happen because the markets were really great, economic conditions were rife for people to just quickly pay back their loans? Or did it happen because government had policies which will have high penalty for loan defaults, for example, right? So it's difficult in attributing results. The business outcomes are unclear. The outcomes from AI initiatives are often fuzzy. For example, improved operations efficiency or better employee morale or higher brand value. Can you measure these objectively, right? Any estimate that you arrive, it could appear questionable. So these are, I think, two big issues in attributing value to AI use cases. As I see it, I think there are three or four things that you can do in order for you to quantify your ROI from AI. Now, the first thing is probably you want to define indicators of business success. Even before you pick AI as the technique of choice, you must frame the problem and define what success will look like for your users. It's almost like painting a picture of the outcomes by identifying like you said, but short-term or leading indicators or long-term or lagging indicators, right? Or what success would look like. I'll give you an example. Think of a large bank which wanted to solve a challenge of uh, low customer spending, right? I mean, this is the challenge that we are all facing right now. Now the products team decides to track customer transactions and portfolio spread. This is a good way to sort of do that, right? These are the early or lead indicators that eventually drive customer spending or the final outcome, which is essentially increasing customer spend. So these are something that you want to define first up. Secondly, you want to measure outcomes by collecting the data. So you have defined the outcome, right? This is what you really want to achieve with the AI. You want to pick the metrics to measure the indicators and collect the data that you need. Now, it's obviously, it's critical not to be restricted by the data you have already gathered. There may be data outside which you really want to look at and use that to sort of denoise or declutter the ROI that is coming to the organization and ROI that the model is potentially delivering to you. So, for example, in the retail banking example that I gave you, you can use the two metrics that I said, right, to measure the lead indicators. You can have count of monthly customer transactions and say, average product count per customer. These two metrics you can gauge. And the lag indicator you can measure by, let's say, average revenue per customer and, let's say, percentage share of customer wallet. Now, you could realize that while you have defined all these metrics, these are the perfect metrics for you to track the ROI from your AI organization. You may realize that you don't track any of that metric at all. Particularly difficult is the share of the wallet metric. That's really difficult to track because you need external data for that. You need data for how much customer spends outside your bank. That's why I said it's critical not to get trapped by the data you already collect. You want to be able to go outside and search for that data. So again, you want to establish outcome, and then you want to establish the metrics that will track those outcomes, both leading indicators and lagging indicators. Then what you really want to do is establish a linkage between the outcomes and this metric. This is the challenge of attribution. Now, a very good way of doing that is what we call RCT or randomized control trials or A-B testing, right? You split the user base into two groups, apply the AI treatment on it on one group, and then control the other group for no treatment, sort of the placebo group. And then you do sort of randomized control trials or you do A-B testing. But on the whole, it's very important for you to establish a baseline and then track the incremental impact of ROI from that baseline. That's essentially what you're doing. In RCT, as well as A-B testing, it's, that is essentially what you're doing. You're trying to establish the delta 
from the baseline. If you did not do anything, or if you were doing something in the past, which was not AI driven, versus you start doing something AI driven. The last thing I think what you should do, which a lot of organizations don't do, is once you've established the uplift to the metrics that you have defined, which are linked to the outcomes that you defined earlier, you want to calculate ROI by factoring in your costs. A lot of organizations don't do this. They said, all right, this is the dollar value I'm getting, but they often forget the costs that they incurred while getting there. So I think these are three or four things you can possibly do to generate ROI to your AI initiatives. That's super valuable. And a note I have here, I think it's even more important maybe to define the cost that you actually can spend on AI implementation before the actual implementation. And that's what we're actually doing. So for us, it's like really an important part of the process just to explaining to different companies, okay, that's how much it's going to cost. That's how much you potentially can make. And you get really great job just describing step-by-step process, basically what AI companies can do to define their ROI. Basically, the first phase, it's like preparation phase. So you define the goals, you define, let's say, the roadmap, you define your data strategy, and you just establish, let's say, relevant KPIs. After that, let's say you have execution phase. It's basically building AI solution. After that, once you actually have AI solution in place, what you're trying to do is just to understand what value does it actually bring? As you mentioned, A-B tests. So you just set up some quality checks, do live testing and understand, is it actually better than my baseline? After that, you can keep improving, let's say, your models over time once you have the basics set up. And it's really important that you mentioned companies actually should understand how much am I going to spend and what I'm going to get after I implement AI. Lovely. You see, the cost is a very important thing, right? Once you've quantified the outcomes, you must size up your total costs. This is important. As I said, you know, you need to have an AI-enabled organization. You need to spend to train your employees multi-skilled teams you should have. You should have specialized hardware, software. You should have change management initiatives. Additionally, there are costs to collect and label high volumes of data, subscription costs for ML APIs, for example. All of this could need to be factored in for what we call as a total cost of ownership, right? the TCO of an AI program. And then you get the true ROI from your AI initiatives. Yeah, really good point. It's specifically relevant right now and like people start building a lot of tools on top of GPT-4 and sometimes <laughs> specifically if you're using like agents, autonomous agents, it can become really costly. Very costly, exactly. One more topic I would like to discuss is basic competitive advantage because once organizations actually think about implementing AI, really common thing I can notice it's all about creating that competitive advantage. How do I not get overcompeted? How do I get the edge over my competitors? So if you can tell me a little bit more about the way AI actually can create competitive advantage, how exactly can it help? It would be amazing. So yeah, that's a great point, right? And I often advise my customers at the highest levels of the organization, if you really want to create sustainable competitive advantage, it's not like competitive advantage in a one-off sort of a setup, like, oh, you're beating your competition in one quarter or maybe a year or maybe three years. You want to have a sustainable competitive advantage against your competition. I think you need to do two things. One, look at your organization's value chain. Every business has a value chain. 
customer value chain, you have an internal value chains, even within the particular functions, you will have value chains. You need to look at your AI programs across the value chain because there are opportunities that you can uncover across the value chain, which are interlinked to each other, not standalone AI use cases, giving you centers of excellence in only one small part of the business. That's what is happening right now, believe it or not. Even with the super evolution of the technology that we were discussing before the call started, majority of the organizations have pockets of excellence which are powered by AI. And this happens because organizations are not really looking at their entire value chain and identifying interlinked opportunities which AI can really help them with across the value chain. So look at your value chain and identify interlinked, sequenced list of AI use cases, which benefits not just one part, but the entire value chain. And what you really want to do is you want to continue doing that as your value chain becomes more and more effective, more and more optimized. And then the best way to do that is making sure that your organization has a very highly AI-enabled workforce. These two things are critical. Of course, the technology stack and all of that, as I said, the multidimensional space of AI needs to be continuously re-looked at. But the two most critical things, if you want to have sustainable competitive advantage, look at your value chains to identify interlinked use cases. And you want to be able to continue doing that as your value chain becomes more and more effective and make sure that you have a highly enabled workforce which can continue to sort of look at the value chain, identify those use cases, and also execute on that and continue executing on that. And of course, you want to have knowledge management systems which capture and contain the knowledge within the organization. You want to have a rapid experimentation framework which allow you to rapidly fail and succeed even quicker and so on and so on. But yeah, those two things are critical. Obviously, and I think the first one is actually a simpler one in this case. Because it doesn't take that much time to understand where you actually can apply AI, but it takes a lot of time to actually set up the right AI infrastructure, like hiring the right AI talent, stop data collection processes, set up AI infrastructure. Because for some people, it can seem like a really easy task, but in fact, it can take a lot of time and it's difficult. It's really difficult. And the point that you mentioned, just stop the culture of documenting everything you're doing and make sure, let's say, your talent actually improves over time. So you have the processes, SOPs, let's say, and it's even applicable for AI engineers because AI engineers, even in a really creative job, is still doing some repetitive things sometimes. So in case you can create SOPs and just document everything, what you're doing, it's going to be super helpful. And that exactly also can create, let's say, competitive advantage if you have that knowledge and everything documents that you can onboard talent faster, you can iterate faster, you can release faster, all of that. Exactly right. Exactly. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, like it definitely was amazing conversation. A lot of learnings, including how to create AI strategy, how to create competitive advantage, how to extract ROI from the AI. And I think for me, the most insightful component actually was creating that competitive advantage and your knowledge and again, your experience definitely was super helpful and really appreciate you sharing all of that with our listeners. It's my pleasure, Pavel. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Definitely. Okay, amazing. And thanks for coming on the podcast. My pleasure. Have a good day. Cheers. 
The Unleashing AI podcast is brought to you by Unleashing AI. To find out more about Unleashing AI and how innovative, custom-built AI can help your business, visit unleashing.ai. Also, make sure to search for Unleashing AI in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Unleashing AI, thank you for listening.